0: you <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode of the Unlaced Podcast. We're back on the dance floor. We're absolutely loving it and vibing this year. If you are new here, I thank you for coming along. Uh, please give us a like and subscribe. It's how we grow. And obviously, if you've come back, you know. As I say, I always love you so much. Appreciated. The last episode we had was with Maddie Brown. She's an absolute superstar. Uh, two dime Liz Alice Diamond medalist, which is like the equivalent of the Brown. Though no woman in Australia has been able to achieve that feat, um, winning that twice. So she's an absolute superstar in the game and now commentating a great episode, great chat with a, with a lovely woman. So go back and check that one. Now, this man here, you can't miss him with the mustache and also the golf swing, but he's been in the tabloids everywhere of late in Australia and rightly so. The man, Jack Jenkins, the newest on the UFC roster, mate. How does that feel? Yeah, it feels good. Really happy to be here. Um, I've
1: got to be honest, I feel like I've been stitched up a bit here. <laughs> I thought I was coming under Swanny and Jake.
0: <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Do you want
1: to come on that? <laughs> and then, and then all of a sudden, I've you've walked up to the gym. With minus Dane, you said you said get in the van. We're doing the potting in the van. And I've gone. Hang on, I'm getting in a big white van. Like, is there some candy in here? And I'm like, yeah. Hang on, nah, it's publicity that's it's in there. Publicity. Like, hey, if
0: there's publicity in the van. I'm getting. Yeah, there. that's right. Well, yeah, look, minus Dane Swan today, but hey, we should get you on Swanee Jack. No, no, that'd no, be so fucking That'd awesome. be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, okay. Well, we've got some stuff coming up next month, so I'll, I'll touch base on that. Yeah, beautiful. stay tuned. Actually, because that'll be that's going to be freaking funny. But um. Mate, what a few weeks you've had. Like, you had an adrenaline come down at all? or you still kind of been riding it? <laughs> nah, the biggest come down. Really? Yeah. So, like,
1: I reckon, um, I was actually saying this to my girlfriend the other day. So, I was using it as an excuse for I haven't done anything around the house. Yeah, but um, after, like, my second fight, I just had this big come down where for sort of, like, two or three weeks, it was almost, like, hard to just do basic shit. Like, like do your washing, like you're just like in bed and you're like, fuck, I'll get up and I'll go for a run or my training or whatever. And when I get home, it's like midday and I'm like, fuck, I'm not doing anything else today. Like you kind of get like this. And I've heard other fighters talk about it. Like I've heard Eddie Alvarez talk about it, where it's like, whether you win or you lose, you get like a little post-fight depression. Really? And I sort of went through my last like six or seven where I didn't really get it at all. And I don't know what factor is plays in it that makes you sort of come down off the edge of it but this one I think the travel the weight cut the sort of enormity of the task I had Classic. going over there coming back it was like come back and the last two weeks I've just done fuck all really yeah like I've, I've like I've seen my friends played a little bit of golf but like the majority of the day where I'm normally like out doing shit and, and just like basic <laughs> life stuff like you got to clean your car, bro. you got to do your washing. I just haven't done any of You've it.
0: You've had a mini retirement.
1: Yeah, right? 100%. <laughs>
0: your highest point of your career is retired. Instantly. I'm just
1: like, no, nah, it's done.
0: Well, but, for, th- for those that don't know, we have to tell them, like obviously, a bit about Jack Jenkins. If you aren't into the uh, combat scene or mixed martial arts, pretty amazing. The boy from Back of Marsh here, He's he's gone and done something not many have done in this country. And he went over to fight in the Dana White Contender Series, which was like a do or die match, really, because to win or to get it to gain a contract in the UFC you had to win and then even if you did win it wasn't also guaranteed was it potentially yeah for sure
1: so like that's the f- that, that that's one of the things that makes contender series so unique is that every fight in my career up until contender series and every fight from now moving forward winning is enough mm. if you win that's enough like that's a good performance whereas the contender series is so different in that you can win but if you don't win wow that could still put your career back years. Really? Like it like I never looked at it like it's the end of my career if I lost or if I didn't get the contract because I just don't see it in that. Like I always knew I was going to get in some way and the contender series was my first shot but if that didn't come off I would have found another way. Right. But to think that I could win and still be put back 2 or 3 years in the timeline was like fuck that that's a lot. So big pressure but got in ended up getting a TKO with 30 seconds left in the third round so like that the 11th hour I got it done and um yeah Dana
0: White called my name and said welcome to the UFC so I was wrapped dude it was pretty surreal I want to go into the fight because the first time we met was at uh, a sea bath and we're doing a bit of recovery and it was like pre-fight and we're obviously talking about I was like this guy's a nice guy man he doesn't look like he's gonna just kill people for a living and then I watched your fight and you literally painted the canvas red with his head yeah and I'm like holy shit! Yeah, like the gash in the guy's head. I was like, that. I was like, is he going to stop? Can the guy see at this point? Yeah, but um, you mauled him, man. Yeah, literally.
1: Well, look, I, I I found out pretty early that I was significantly better than him in the grappling, and that I was a lot stronger than him as well. So when it came, when it came time to be able to go back there and back there, I just kept going, and we had planned for that with my coaches that. At least for the first round, I was going to take him down to gas his arms out because what he had done, if you looked at his fights leading up to that, was that he gets people involved in these kind of brawls. He engages in this, like, you hit me, I hit you type thing. And he's pretty good at getting hit, but he's also really good at hitting people back and dropping them. So what I did was go, well, I'm not going to engage where he's good. Let's take him to where I think he's going to be the weakest. Mm. And it became really clear on the ground that that was where it was.
0: Yeah, because that was – um. That was like a big part of the fight and to the point where even Dana White, because I'm like, from my background I'm like when it comes to sport it's just like about winning at that level but as you touched on there's like an element of the contender series where no it's like performance too for sure and even though Dynamite's like yeah he won convincingly, but like he was better he used that term one trick pony one trick pony and yeah. Yeah, I could just see like you were like fuck off because you didn't really even showcase because your, you're naturally a kickboxer and that's where your sort of skill set come from you didn't really even showcase that in the fight so it's like fuck you don't really know what else is left but he's only seen that performance hasn't he so
1: yeah and he he openly says that he won't watch anything on the guys coming in. He'll watch your 15 minutes in the cage, or if you don't make it to the 15, he'll watch whatever you show him and he'll go off that. So I was, I was, I had the other matchmakers who had put the fight together in his ear saying, Hey, look, he dominated the wrestling, but this guy's actually a kickboxer. So yeah. that worked out in my favor. Um, that, that he sort of went, All right, well, then he's multifaceted skill set. We'll give him a go.
0: Yeah. It was pretty, Pretty amazing. I think um, your comment as well, You, I loved how you just got on the mic like, yeah, look, I, I did. I, I agree with what he said, but like, but I was like, fuck, man, you got to do what you got to do to win here Hundred well. percent. And I was like, if the, and it's interesting to hear because I was like, oh, I don't know why you went to the ground, but now you've spoken about it. Like, it's so smart. Yeah, of course. And it's like, you always,
1: like, we look at it, the way I talk about it with my coaches is in percentages, right? So if I say, I, th- I thought I was a better kickboxer than him. Already on the feet, but let's say my advantage on the feet is sixty to forty. Sixty percent of the time, I would win a fight on the feet, and forty percent of the time, he would win. Right. But on the ground, it's ninety to ten. Right. Ninety percent of the time on the ground, I'd beat him. Ten percent of the time, he'd beat me. Which one am I going to go to? I'm going to take the odds at the ninety percent and take it there and beat him there, rather than go. It's that's that's an ego thing. Going, oh, I'm 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 going to knock him out. I'm going to kickbox him because you know I want to be that guy. It's like no. T- Take the avenue that is the path to least resi- resistance to victory. Yeah. So that's what I did, and even then, when you watch the fight, it wasn't like I was doing no work; I like I was going to work the whole time. Yeah, I've actually got a real funny story about um, that cut on his eye. So yeah. when you when you get when you get um, like I've never had it before, and I'm still kind of getting accustomed to like. Um, Having the blue tick and, you know, having a lot of followers and stuff. But I always check like all my messages and anyone who sends me a message or at the time, I'll like reply. I'll be like, I'm yeah, like, thank that you. Too, actually. I'm it's like, thank thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, thanks so much. Even if it's just a little like something small, I'll write back. And I, I checked my message request after the contender series got announced. And I had this message from this kid and I won't tell you his, his full name on Instagram, but his name was Ben P. And I reckon Ben P must be in high school or maybe like (laughs) something around there. And Ben P messages me and he says, Hey mate, I've watched every fight I can find of the guy you're fighting. And he goes, two things like your leg kicks will work. And he goes, and I went on this Peruvian website and I found a photo of him and his eye got cut open in a fight. And he sends me this photo that he's Googled. He's gone deep into South American media to find. And this guy's the guy, I thought his eye was split right open, and that's the only fight the guy had lost was that his eye was split right open. And he goes, "So I think if you can touch him there, he'll he, his eye will split <laughs> right open." Fuck? And I go, "I, I re- like I do." It was in my message request. It wasn't like, and I reply, "I'm like, fuck, thanks, bro. Like that's good as like I'll, I'll I'll think about that." And I just remember getting on the ground and thinking, "If I hit this eye, it's gonna fucking you bust open." So mid tennis You're thinking of Ben. P. I'm thinking of Ben. Pease told me, <laughs> "Open up this." Bastard. Yeah, I'm like, "Open this guy." <laughs> I like, and I hit him and it splits open. I'm like, that fucker was right. How old I was this like, kid? I don't know. I think I, I haven't he, even looked. Is Aussie? Like, yeah, he's an he's, Aussie kid. He's going deep into premium yeah, yeah. websites looking for gashed heads. Yeah, yeah. And he's an Aussie kid. And anyway- Jesus, mum and dad. Um, yeah. And anyway, I was like, fuck that. That's such a good story. I have to tell that somewhere. This is the first Dude, time I've said it. Is,
0: oh, that yeah. is unbelievable. That's getting clipped, bro. That and, was uh,
1: unbelievable. And anyway, then I've, I've gone back like, and just this week- I, it, I'm going to be on UFC Perth, um, and just this week it got announced. and He sent me a message and said, "Like, let me know when you've got your opponent." So you? I, I was like, "Let's go!" And I sent him a message back, and I said, "Hey, mate, just so you know, um, I'll send you a family and friends code, and you can get a ticket through my links, just to make sure you get a ticket and stuff." And he was like, "Wow, that's so good! Thank you so much!" Like, he's like, "Oh." do you reckon I could buy two because I want to bring like someone? I'm like, mate, don't stress. Yeah, I'll, when, I, when I get the link and I've got an opponent locked, I'll send it out to you and you'll be right. And I was like, fuck, that's such a cool story. I can't wait to go to... I think he's from Perth and go and meet him and be like, oh, this is a cool story. That
0: is one of the most unique things I've ever heard yeah, in my life, it's like right. it, it, it pays to go through those requests. So, because you obviously have a... You had a bit of a platform and I think you you had about 12 professional fights already before the Contender Series. So, you obviously had a following and fan base. Yep. So, obviously, this. These, there's people out there that have been following your journey the whole way through as well. Have you seen a shift, like obviously the blue tick and even just the attention, the media since winning that contender series fight?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, like I think my support base was like really localized. Like I was heavy, like I was heavy, um, Like, the Backus Marsh community got around me, like, early doors. Like, businesses would support me and sponsor me for fights. Um, People would buy tickets. Like, if you ever went to one of the old HEX events, um, it would be like – I would be, like, fight one, two, or three, like, the earliest fights, and the place would just fucking erupt because, like, half half of Backus Marsh was there. And then they would all leave, and, like, there were some fights where there would be people around, obviously. But, like, I remember one night where – I fought middle of the card, and then by the end of the card, it felt very empty in there because there'd sort of been 250 people who had gone, up. Oh, we Jack came Jackson to see Jack, Jack done. let's yeah. leave. Um, and that, in a sense, being a fighter who can sell tickets really helps you with things. Like I probably wouldn't have got my title shot at the time I did had I not had a bit of a reputation for selling tickets and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. So I think just having a – don't try and be an international superstar first because that will come if you handle – you know, mm. if you handle the, the growth, try and be like a superstar for your area and, you know, really embrace that, which I've, I've tried to do with Backus Marsh. And then I'll try and grow that. All right, I've got, I'm Backus Marsh knows me and, you know, I'm proud to be from there and people are proud to sort of have me from there. And then I'll try and go bigger. Like, all right, now I want Melbourne. Like I want to be known as like Melbourne's guy. Like mm. the this the, the state and the city and the area. I want to be that. And then eventually you try and, and, and build it out and be like, all right, now I can be one of Australia's
0: champions. That's one of the things I noticed the first time I'd met about you. I was like, you were already thinking about how you market yourself post fight. Like you were obviously thinking about the fight, but you're like, when I win. I've, I've got a strategy of there's things that I would like to promote. And I was like, fuck that. I love that shit. Because yeah. I was like, in most sports, particularly in Australian sport, like everyone's kind of like humble. You don't see people calling like, yeah, we're going to win this week. Oh, I'm going to have 30 points in the NBL this week on this guy. Like yeah. no one calls each other out or anything like that. But UFC, it's like the best part of the sport. Yeah. And you have to, like, there's no option not to.
1: Like my ability to make money in a fight is 15 minutes, three times a year, maybe right? But my ability to make money and set myself up for a life after fighting outside of that is so big, which is why I was telling you, I don't care if you've got a hundred followers on your podcast or a thousand or your ESPN, like it doesn't bother to me. If you want to take the time to interview me and have me on your show, I'll do it. Mm. And obviously there's limits to that. If I'm getting ready for a fight, I'm going to cut it down and that sort of thing. But at the moment where I'm, you know, have a little bit of time, I just want to do as much as I
0: can, you know, tell as many people as I can my story and, and get out for that. So how important, like, who are some people in the UFC that you would look up to in regards to, like, showmanship and, like, the promotion oh. of, like, there's obviously McGregor. Yeah, but yeah, for sure. Do Mc you McGregor. reckon fight again just on him? Yeah, 100%. He'll, he'll come back. He's, it's, is it's, it possible for that long? Like, in um, most sports, when you take a big break, I mean, unless he's training actively, but it doesn't look like to me he's yeah. smoking cigars and drinking whiskey everywhere I see him. The one thing is I just don't think anything that, that man
1: does you can write off it's like everything he touches turns to gold yeah it's like why wouldn't like why would you write him off and he'd been written off so many times before it's highly unlikely and it would be so big if he did come back and do it but you know i know personally from people who have left the game and things like that that when you come back it's very different like it's a different landscape every six to twelve months and if you you know, if you leave and come back, you get left behind real quick. So it's yeah. gonna, it's a, it's an uphill battle for him. But if anyone
0: can do it, it's Connor. Yeah. Is there anyone else outside of him that you like sells a fight really well? Or yeah,
1: I really like um, Sugar Sean O'Malley. Yeah. Um, a, a little left field one. I really like Daniel Cormier. Um, yeah, Daniel Cormier was different because he did it his way, and he wasn't. He didn't try and fit any mold and like be outlandish or anything. But his character was just really
0: endearing. So I found yeah. that people really liked him. That's why he's so good on the other side now, as like a reporter or a broadcaster. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Um. Uh, I love Colby Covington, and people hate that. <laughs> people. <laughs> you? People are like. Yeah, people are like. It, it put, puts eyes on it's the like, TV. But it's like Colby, like. From all reports, everyone who meets Colby, like, outside he's of Colby, different. apparently it's like he's just a, a G, like yeah. a good guy. And he, the thing is, where why I have the respect for him is that, like, he was going to get cut. He got told by the UFC... You are going to get cut. You are too boring. And he knew. He goes, well, I can't suddenly overnight turn into a fucking kickboxer who's knocking people out. I have to be a wrestler. So how can I not get cut from the UFC? So he just went, I'll be as outlandish and wild as I possibly can. And it is- I think people underestimate how hard it is to do that. It's very, very easy. And I've been a victim of this myself and I've seen so many people do it. And for some people it is their personality, but it's very easy to sit there and answer interview questions and say, oh, you know, I don't know, you know, the best guy's going to win and be (laughs) vanilla. And that comes easy because you're not putting anything out there. There's no risk in it. But to be Colby and just be as far outlandish as you can and almost put on this act and then have to back it up by actually doing the work to train and get to the fight. That's so hard to do. Right. So more so anything, more so than anything he says, I just respect that he's done that yeah. and put himself in the position he's done by doing that.
0: I never knew that about him. That's so funny. Like, it actually doesn't like respects makes me give him a little bit more respect than I did. Hundred percent. Because the way he was, I was like, this guy's a fucking dickhead. Like, oh, bro, he's a someone's going going to knock him out. But, but that's what he. That's what he is. He goes and he was winning fights too. And then I was like, oh my god, bro, someone knock this guy yeah, out. Hundred <laughs> percent. And it's like. If you're gonna watch, I don't care if you want to watch to watch me lose or watch me what win. Like just watch. Yeah. Buy the pay per view. You know, I I thought just speaking of the guy that actually did beat him, Kamaru Usman, I didn't think anyone was ever going to beat Usman.
1: Yeah, I was pretty shocked at that. Yeah, I'll will show you a clip of me calling Leon Edwards beating him. Did I, you really? I, I did a podcast. The why week of Why did you call that though? Um, I thought the five rounds suited Leon. Um, and I always I have when I when I bet on certain things, and if I'm asked to pick something, I like to look at. Um, how people are in the lead up and the the storyline and stuff. And one thing I look for is if anyone says anything about moving away from what they're doing. So a good example is like um, I'm leading up to a fight and I get asked a question about a Marvel movie I'm going to be a guest star in. And I start saying, Oh, I'm so excited about doing this Marvel movie. I'm really keen to get into acting after I retire, whatever, that sort of thing. And Usman was talking a lot about moving up to light heavyweight. He was like, "I'm going to beat what's uh, Leon, and then I'm going to go to light heavyweight." And for me, that was like red flag. Like, no, his head yeah, he, different spot or something. Not that. Like, and he came in and he dominated most of the fight. So, like, yeah. against that. Uh, but my thing was look for little things, and I thought their first fight was really close. They've both gotten a lot better. I think Leon has the tools to get it done, and he did it. Wow. And McCall, how good, man, yeah, and, and how rape. good was the
0: uh post fight?
1: Headshot. Dang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, let's go.
0: Yeah, bro, it was fucking big, man. I was like a lot of people were shocked in the UFC community with that. Because I think I think Usman was like a bit of a golden boy with Dana, like he's one of the best of his generation, if not ever. Yeah. And then to get stopped by Edwards, I was like, shit, that's a fucking hell of a fight.
1: Yeah. But then also like after he lost, like the way Usman dealt with the loss is so endearing. Like I, yeah. I find the way you look at people after they lose. Like I've gone Especially so like their first loss. Yeah, as well. like, and I've just gone so hard towards liking Usman more since he's lost because he just handled it so well. He's like everyone loses, you know. I'll come back. Congrats to Leon. I hope he enjoys his time as the champ. And and like there's no there's no part of that that makes me think like oh he just didn't want it or anything like that. It's just like. He's just a good loser. Like yeah. he's he, he's he's humble enough to go. I got
0: beaten. I'll, I'll come back. Yeah, and that, that that's really endearing. That's you know I have that same effect with Cambosis with the second Haney fight. Same thing because I'm like fuck, man. The guy was just a better boxer, but can't, you can't knock Cambosis threw everything he had. But yeah. the way he lost, like two fights in on his home turf, the way he lost, like I gave him a lot of respect for sure. And like he kind of knew. He knew after the first one that they had the rematch
1: clause. So that fight, that was just one part of what he knew was a two part fight. Mm. So he couldn't give away too much in that fight. Mm. Um, but now he knows he'll never fight Haney again. Yeah. You know, there's no real way he can ever get back there. He might take some different routes and get some big fights, but he'll never get that fight again. Yeah. So for him it's what you know what am i what am i holding on to other than to say i got beaten by a better boxer so yeah. credit to
0: him yeah true very good point now to jump back just to cuz i do want to go into a little bit of the background after the ufc but just to like grasp what you have achieved like you're at the pinnacle of mixed martial arts in a sense in the ufc like is that Bit surreal to like so surreal claim yourself as a UFC fighter, legit. I mean, when I met you, you were lugging this fucking UFC backpack around, and me and Jordy, yeah, yeah, and Jordy was taking the piss yeah, out of me. Now like, you're now, oh, now a UFC you're backpack, a UFC fighter. Yeah, so. yeah. There's a good well, there's a good story to that backpack.
1: Um, my <laughs> the biggest coach, backpack I've ever seen. Yeah, by it's the a the big way. backpack. <laughs> well, you got to fit your gloves and your shin pads in. Oh, it. Oh, there's see? the
0: size of my body. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's cap. That is a massive cap. Um, my coach, whose gym is just up up the road here. Um, he came back from coaching Dan Kelly, who's a UFC fighter. And, um, he gave me the bag and he was like, here you go. Like, and he kind of gives out little bits and pieces to the guys. Cause he gets a heap of gear when he's in the UFC. And he said, oh, you can have the bag. Um, cause I know, oh, when you're in the UFC, I'll get another one. So you'll pay me back by getting in the UFC. That's and then, mad. um, so I just like that backpack's like a totem. It's like, I carry it everywhere. It's like, no, I'm going to get another one to give back to him. So that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it's to answer your question, it is 100% completely surreal. And I, I love it. I reckon like, it's I, the
0: coolest thing ever. It's so cool. So what do you do? I'm a UFC fighter.
1: Yeah, 100%. And you can yeah. say it now because I would get asked that question for like the last six years and it would be, what do you do? And I would say, oh, I'm, a, I'm an MMA fighter. Yeah, okay. And they would say, oh, but like, what's your job? And I'd be like, well, I do some coaching on the side to keep money coming in and I just scrape by paying my bills. But what I do is that, like, that's what I do full time. Like all my energy goes into that and that people sort of can't comprehend that if they're not in the space. Mm. It's like, oh, okay. Um, but now people can say, oh, what do you do? And I say, oh, I fight in the UFC. And then that carries a bit of weight. And it's just like, it's sh- like They yeah. just shut them mouth. Yeah. And it's like, know? oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Instant it's like, yeah, respect. it is pretty cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like there's, there's parts of it. I was out um, in Melbourne at the convention center a couple of weekends ago and I was with two of my – Good friends who I also coach and they've also had a couple of amateur fighters, real good fellas. And we were just like walking around, like doing our thing. And then these three dudes came running up to us and they're like, yo, Jack, can we get a photo? And I was like, Yeah, of course, boys, of course, come in. Like, we've got a photo. And then they like, then you could see other people looking at us, like trying to figure out who I was, that they would want to take a photo. With <laughs> That's the best. And part. they're looking around, like, oh, I wonder who that guy is. And then I was like, Oh, thanks, Heaps Boys, like, fuck. And I was like, I'd never been asked for a photo before outside of like at a fight. Like there's some guys at fights who would ask me for a photo. But in in like like public by guys who I've got no idea. And um, they walked off and I just turned to my two friends and I was like, Fuck, that was pretty cool, wasn't it? And they were like, and they were like, yeah, that was Shit really. They change, were like, yeah, bro. that was really cool. Oh man! And, uh, ended up those three boys, they tagged me on Instagram, and I was like, yeah, we're at Crown, come for a beer. And they just came out and partied with us all like, Bro,
0: you're a man of the people, yeah. Huh?
1: Oh, fucking Jesus. know. Jesus. It it's like those guys forever. Like, I'll i remember those guys forever as like they're the first dudes who ever asked me for a photo. Like when I got in the UFC. And, you know, I believe that I'm going to stay in the UFC for a long time and have a big career and, and have a big following and that sort of stuff. And I'm going to do the work to get that. But I'll always have that moment. It's like, remember when I got the first time I got asked for a photo? It's like I tried for 15 years to get in the UFC and that was the first time anyone ever recognized me. That's pretty special, bro. Yeah, real special. The, you know
0: what's special about that to me is the fact that you are going to remember them. Yeah. Not the other way around.
1: Yeah, for I sure. I think it'll
0: be them. They'll be like, fuck, we met Jack Jenkins. Where yeah. you was like, no, I'm going to remember those three kids.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, we're <laughs> what out- the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> we, we were out- Yeah. We were out. we were out at Crown, and one of them was like, "Hey, um, is it weird if I Facetime one of my friends to prove that I'm here, like
0: having pink drinks (laughs) with them?" And I'm like, "Get him
1: on the phone, (laughs) get him on the phone." Yeah,
0: dude, out the back, did like, because obviously Dana said what he said to the cameras and stuff. But like, when you knew you were in the UFC, did you have some conversations with him? And like, what's I guess just through some of those conversations you potentially had, what's he actually like? Because I actually think as like a business operator and a CEO of like a sport, he is unbelievable. He, the amount of shit that people try to throw at him and he can duck and just come back at you brutally. He's, he handles things so well. Yeah. Yeah. Like he when when we went out the back, he
1: came um, and everyone who gets a contract, he kind of comes around. And we have handlers, so we have people who are like taking us. You sit here, you wait here. You're next for the interviews, and then Dana has his own kind of handlers that keep him like moving because he not like otherwise he'll stand and talk for ages. Yeah. Um. So he came to me and he gave me a bottle of howler head. And I had already, I, I already had, now, I right? already had my happy dad. Cause I'd, I remember I told you I was going to call yes. out. I was like, I'm going to, I want to call. Ha- did you yeah, call nah,
0: out Nelk or Nelk
1: and happy dad. Oh, you I, called did, both. I did both. So I said to you when we we're in the, um, when we we're at the sea baths, so I was like, nah, after my fight, I'm going to call out. I want to play golf with the Nelk boys and I want a happy dad deal. So my homie who got a ticket to the fight, I got him to bring happy dads in. So then when I walked out and I got my contract, he's like here yeah, and he gave me two cans of happy dad. So all my interviews when I was walking out the back, I had these two cans of happy dad with me.
0: Marketing genius again. Well it's like you gotta fucking yeah. anything come of that then?
1: Well we we're like in talks with him, man. Like I'm, I'm DMing with Salim a little bit. Like we just get talk. the fuck yeah. Out. yeah, yeah. We Salim talk. the dream, <laughs> yeah. Salim the dream. I'll show.
0: you, We should get a video up of his golf swing. He just he sent me he sends me a video of his golf swing, and I'm just like, oh, that's good. Tempo. Yeah, because I saw you put up a, a story yesterday, and you tagged him of your golf swing. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? I seen yeah. Jordy on the phone. And I'm like, bro, he's, he's tagging Salim the dream, bro. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, we talk. Like he was asking me about <sighs> Islam and Charles and that sort of shit. Like he's just a, again, like he's a cool dude. Like probably like. Not too dissimilar to like me, you, Geordie, who would probably yeah, hang he out with us. seems like relatable. Yeah, like he content. would hang out with us. So, um, yeah, I was like, fuck, I want to play this game. We actually... After my fight, it just worked out really well that Salim was coming to Vegas to film some shit and he was like, I'll book us in for some golf Saturday morning. You keen to come? I'm like, yeah, let's play match play. How much a hole? Like, And he was like, oh, yeah, whatever. And then it got to Friday and he ended up having to do some filming shit so we didn't play golf. But, um, yeah, I'm sure I'll get that game eventually for like just for putting that out there and trying. I'll get that game and hopefully the Happy Dad deal comes with it when they launch here in Australia. I'm sure it won't come before that, but that'll be good. Um, but yeah, Dana out the back, gives me the howler ahead. And I just sort of said, yeah, I kind of agree. Like one trick pony. And I said, I think one thing that happened was that the no crowd and the pressure of the environment and like, um, just walking out with no music and none of the things that you usually can hold on to to stay in your rhythm. It threw me off a little bit. So, you know, maybe I could have done a little bit more on the feet before I took it to the ground and stuff. Um, but you know, I'm happy. I'm just happy. I got the contract and Dana goes, he goes, you dominated. He goes, your mount was so fucking good. He's like, your mount was slick. You dominated, buddy. And, and then when I said like, you know, the arena was a bit different and stuff, he said, hundred percent. He said, you're not the first person to say it. It's 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 the UFC for a reason. It's hard to it's hard to get into. We it's 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 a big event. Um, and then he sort of got pulled away by his guys, and I was like, wow, I was real happy with that conversation. That's crazy. And for me, I'm like you, I have nothing but respect for Dana as like a businessman, and he's so smart.
0: Dude, he's just genius. Like, I, I love
1: know, his press conferences. Yeah, and I remember like, because I've wanted to get in the UFC since I was a kid, so I would watch his press conferences when I was a kid, and I come from like the fucking vanilla bullshit AFL media that you come to and then he's on the press conference going, No, fuck that guy. Yeah. That's fucking bullshit. And no, I'm like, yeah, he's this guy's
0: his fighters. No, fuck
1: him. Yeah, man. yeah. He's <laughs> like, he's uh, him yeah, yeah. Fighters. And like the media, he's like fuck it, like goes off at people and shit. And I'm like, well, that's pretty cool that he just does it his way. Yeah. And he's not um, you know, pressured into folding into a certain lines that people expect of someone who run a four, five billion dollar company. Yeah. Um yeah. So that's cool. And talking to him I reckon exactly what you expect is exactly what you get, except maybe a little bit more approachable and friendly, like super friendly. Right. Yeah, super. We don't app-
0: see the firm, like, yeah. business side. We don't see the personal yeah. aspects sometimes. Like, he, he made me feel like you
1: are part of the company, enjoy yeah. it you know let's let's go from here so that was really good
0: pretty sure. so when what age did you actually want to be in the UFC cuz i feel like people don't I, I don't and i could be wrong here right but people grow into wanting to be in the UFC because they start learning mixed martial arts and they start doing it good and then they look at it whereas like for some people they're born they go to one AFL game like i want to be an AFL player and they might not have even kicked a footy before or something like that yeah did you always have that crystal clear vision or did you kind of grow and build into it with your skill sets and training well when I, I think i would have been 13
1: yeah, it, it would be 13 or 14. Yeah, I have to remember yep. those days. Um, and I watched a UFC fight and I was like, that's Were you training it. kickboxing at the point? wasn't doing that yet. So you weren't even doing no, it? No, but my Were brother you? was. Okay. But that's why I think the UFC fight had been put on or something like that. And I wow. watched and I went, that's it. Wow. That's it. I was like, I, I, I just want to do that. And there's a weird thing like, I had always been pretty good. You know, when you wrestle with your mates and your brothers and your cousins and stuff, I'd always been pretty fucking good. Like (laughs) like against getting people accidentally Yeah, shit. Like (laughs) untrained untrained Adolescent Assassin. kids, I'll I'll get them. Like if I had to come, <laughs> if I had to come up against anyone who had yeah. any training, Put I would have been. In, your I would have been in real time. Like <laughs> I'm under Two adolescent lessons in, kids. Yeah, anyone two le- two lessons of jujitsu, I would have been out of my depth. But Jeez. someone who doesn't understand fighting, just like naturally, how balanced I am, how strong I am, wrestling and stuff, I was pretty good. So I thought I watched this fight and watched the wrestling and the said, like, Fuck, I want to do that. And my brother was training at the time. I watched him fight and I went right. Take me up to the gym. We went to this gym, um, Ziggy's gym, and he runs it at the back of his business, which is a tire fitting place. So it's got like this real distinct, distinct smell. It's kind of like a mix between rubber and like Thai oil and sweat. And it's just like a hard, hard place. This sounds awful. No, no, it's awesome. Like I, I couldn't, like I love it. I mean awesome. <laughs> like you go out the back at Ziggy's and there's this big sliding like garage door and it's just like all hard. Like, Underground property. Yeah, lives. like and it, Ziggy who runs it, he's hard and he makes you work like so hard in every class and I'm like 14, a little bit chubby probably not used to that like hard work and you just have to just go up and grind. And then I always said to Ziggy that I didn't want to be a kickboxer. I wanted to be a MMA guy. So he would just let me like do MMA on guys. He'd be like in the middle of a round, he'd be like do MMA now. And I'd be like, let's go like well, do a they, they, And these guys just have to like deal with it.
0: What? Yeah. Yeah. Fine. yeah. It was Proper awesome. Street rules. Yeah. He's yeah. like, all right, look,
1: you can do takedowns now. Yeah. And eventually got to a point where, um, you know, I'd learned a lot of kickboxing. I still have a lot to learn obviously, but I needed to be coached through the ground stuff and the wrestling. Mm. So my brother found a gym in Melton um, where I still coach at now and uh, went down there and met Heath and Callie who run that gym. And Heath took me right under his wing. And Heath said to me from, you know, lesson three or four, he said, if you want to, you can get to the UFC. Like there's no ceiling on how good you can get
0: what he um, so he's picked that up from seeing the first few sessions. He would have said like, that yeah,
1: Heath would have said that to me probably like four or five lessons in. Wow. Yeah. Um and and to be fair, he's put his money where his mouth is. From then and just backed me. So did you have I obviously
0: is. natural talent at this as well? Because sure. I feel like with mixed martial arts, especially like jujitsu and stuff, like it's you, like you said, if you verse someone with two sessions, yeah, it doesn't matter how good you are, you're gonna get tapped. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So For sure. So I have this theory that I think someone,
1: the difference between someone who's untrained and someone who's done six months of training, is about the same difference in skill as someone who's done six months in training and the best guy in the world at Jiu Jitsu. Like your learning curve in that first six months, if you really apply yourself to it, is so steep. Like you wouldn't wow. believe how much someone who thinks they know what they're doing can learn really quickly.
0: Like it, it's crazy. My um my best mate took it up recently or like a couple months ago and would have been his third session. Yep. And he's like, I was like, how'd you go? He goes, I got tapped. I was like, oh, what do you mean? He's like, 28 times. Yeah, yeah. In half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, what? I'm like, he was like, man, 14-year-olds and stuff would tap me. He goes, you don't understand jiu-jitsu, bro. It yeah. doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. It's, like it's so different. Yeah. And I was like, because, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but when I- like came sort of into the UFC of like watching it and like really getting fascinated by all the forms of mixed martial arts. The one common thread was like jujitsu is like one of the most powerful or prevalent, like some of the best fighters have the best sort of backgrounds in jiu-jitsu. And it's, I always used to look for the jitsu kind of form fighters, which is not always the case. Obviously strikers and kickboxers and other, and sort of wrestlers do really well as well. Yeah. But is jujitsu like seen as like a really important mixed martial art or have I got that wrong? No, hundred percent.
1: You just can't get away in the UFC with being really deficient at anything right now. Um, there were times, you know, in the past where you could be just a specialist kickboxer, a specialist jujitsu guy, specialist boxer. Um, and you still have people who, who lean towards one way, but you just can't come in and not be A very good grappler or a very good striker. You have to have like all of you have to be well rounded. Um, And often people who come in who are specialists, so the really really good jits guys, who don't have a lot of time to sort of round out their skill set, struggle. They get the straight sa- up. Same way okay. that um, really, really good strikers who come in who don't spend a lot of time rounding out their skill set struggle as well. So you've got to be good across all the arts. Yeah. Israel Adesanya is a really good example where he could have got in the UFC way earlier than he did mm. just based on how good his kickboxing record was, how well he speaks, all that sort of stuff. He could have got in so much earlier. But he told the UFC no, no. I want to come in on my terms because he knew he needed to round out his skill set more and he went and he did the work and then when he went into the UFC it was like I want to go into the UFC ready to win a world championship and he did. So even even someone who you look at like Adesanya he took the time to go just being a fucking unreal kickboxer isn't enough I've got to round out my skill set. Yeah. Dude that's why I
0: think that's why I think that's UFC is probably one of the hardest sports in the world because you've got all the various forms of mixed martial arts combined into the one. For sure. It's like five different sports or six different sports, whatever it is. It's crazy. Like, you know what I mean? And you've got to be good at every everything. Yeah. And he, fucked. And you won't
1: like you wouldn't believe how quickly. Like if I go and specialize and I go, all right, I'm gonna do a block where I focus on my jujitsu a lot. And I do I'd say like ten weeks, like eight to ten weeks, I'll come back and I'll be like a fair bit better at that. But I'll be so far behind for a couple of weeks in my striking and vice versa. Like if I just strike for eight weeks and then come back and do my grappling, I can tell immediately that my grappling's off and that other guys who have been training are either getting closer to me or maybe have passed me. So that's why it's so hard to do because you can't just specialize in one thing.
0: Right. So just maybe, and this is kind of a two-way question because would you, like in a typical training session when you're not preparing for a fight or like a training week or month, would you be doing a bit of everything in the one session? Would you be focusing on different areas? And then the flip on that is in fight camp, are you training differently on specific stuff like for this uh, Lenara's fight or whatever it was where you knew you are probably going to go more on the ground and stuff? Were you focusing there or are you still training all your skill sets to be sharp?
1: Um, So I do three sessions a week that are both grappling and um, – Striking, so Tuesday morning, Thursday morning, and then obviously sparring, which is MMA sparring. We do it all on Friday night. Every other session is specialized. So it's either pads with my coach, Andy, grappling with my coach, Simon, right. or with, out of St. Kilda with Lockie Giles. Um, so you're bouncing it everywhere around Melbourne at the different specialist yeah, kind of gyms and stuff. yeah. Yep. So I've got a great relationship with coach out here. Andy, he's been my striking coach for years and I stick with him. Um, Simon is sort of my MMA coach and he does most of my grappling. But when I want to do some specialist jujitsu stuff, I head out to Lucky Giles in St. Kilda.
0: Fuck, man. Pretty cool, huh? Mm. So the, the reason why I wanted to ask about when you're we're thinking of the UFC, because w- right after you got your contract, I think you spoke about like how straight away you've gone from just being a, a pro MMA fighter into the UFC, and then once you've got that contract, you're getting toured through the UFC headquarters by Forrest Griffith. Yeah. And I was like, bro, what the fuck? Like You would have probably been watching him fight almost yeah. back in the day, so that would have been nuts. Yeah, so um, my coach – um, was opening a gym,
1: Simon. Um, and this is the gym that I train at. I fight out of Absolute MMA. He was opening Absolute MMA, and Forrest Griffin was in town for like some big fucking semi, like ASN like something at convention center signing autographs. Are, this is
0: like Hall of Fame. You yeah, see like a superstar. Up, Forrest like Griffin you used to go to war.
1: Yeah, and um, my coach went up to him at this at the um autograph signing, and he's like, "Oh, you want an autograph?" And my coach is like, "Look, I don't want an autograph." but I've got 15 grand cash in a bag. And if you come to a seminar at my gym, I'll pay it to you. And Forrest is like, all right, fucking done. So my coach organizes this seminar by waiting in line for an autograph and goes, I've got 15 grand cash, come to a seminar at my gym. And Forrest <laughs> is like, Forrest is like yeah. and my coach goes to give it to him. He's like, don't fucking give it to me here. Yeah? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, so he yeah. Um, <laughs> ends up like taking it out and we do this seminar and my coach in Melton goes, Hey, Forrest Griffin's doing a seminar. So we, we caught the train in together, me and my coach and a few others, and I trained with Forrest.
0: Whoa. Yeah. Bro. And I
1: was like to Forrest Griffin. I took my photo with him. I've, I'll show you the photo. I've got this photo with Forrest Griffin, and I was like, How old hey, are you here? Oh, probably 15 or 16. So you're a kid. Yeah, like I'm a kid. And I take this photo with him, and I'm like, Hey, Forest, I'm going to be in the UFC one day. And he looks at me. He's like, Yeah, go on. Like, like cool, kid. And then. Before Contender Series, I sent him an email and I was like, hey, Forrest, this is me and you. I told you I was going to get to the UFC. Not there yet, but I'm going to get a contract on this night. And he was like, fuck, that's cool, as mate. Like, I'll take you through the PI when you get your contract.
0: So then the next day- Oh, oh so this wasn't for all the fighters. This was just for you, this tour, because yeah, of like, that connection you'd built with him. Yeah, like I think he he works at the PI, so
1: I think he yeah, does he, it for a lot of people. Right. But the fact that I'd made that connection He's like, and okay. sent him that photo, he was like, fuck, that's really cool. Um. So yeah, Dude. that was uh. It's again another one of those things, and like people call it different shit. Like I hate the word manifesting. Like I, I fucking hate that word, but that's just me. Like I think I if you if you can see something happening and you and you you know, courageous enough to say it out loud and try and follow it, then, you know, you, you can get there.
0: Yeah. So what's your what's your way, because I feel like with your fights and just the way you described it, even old mate Benny P here, like you're visualizing how things are going to happen or, or take place. Like how how much do you think about that stuff going into fights? Like does that where a lot of your brain space, you're a bit more relaxed. I try not to, like at training, I try and and
1: have like small periods of hyper focus and then like try and switch off the rest of the time. Because the closer you get to the fight, the harder it becomes to do. Like Mm. the week of the fight, you pretty much, it's like you're intoxicated with the fight. Like you can't, you really struggle to think of anything else. So if I'm eight weeks out and I've got a spare couple of hours and I'm like, Fuck, what? And start thinking about the fight. It's like by the time you get to it, it can be really exhausting. So I try and block it out when I'm at training, hyper focus. What can I do right now that's going to help me in eight weeks' time? How fit can I be? What skill set could I develop or sharpen a little bit? But then outside of that, I try and like switch off it completely. Whether that's like playing golf or like some video games or you keep reading normality, a book, right? yeah, just yeah, hundred percent. Because
0: otherwise, be. otherwise, then you if you don't do that, then when you go into fight camps, you know they're not going to be fun and you're going to hate it. Yeah, and you want to try and enjoy that because you want to keep fighting as much as you can, right? For sure. And like um, you know, when I hang out with Geordie and
1: play golf or whatever, it's so nice because. Geordie fucking hates talking about footy all the time because all yeah. he ever gets asked about is footy, and half the time I'm over talking about and thinking about fighting all the time. Yeah. So we just talk shit. Yeah, like, just we talk about yeah. hammering each other. Yeah. We like, just course. talk about nothing. <laughs> and it's like, well, this is kind of nice. Yeah. It's and that's with whoever bro. I play golf with. You don't. You just talk about
0: random shit and get your mind
1: off stuff. So I think that's really important for everyone.
0: How do you how do you cope with fight camps? Are you pretty good with them? Because yeah. like when when we caught up that time, I think we went like you were like on your diet, but you're like you oh, were. I might not come there for dinner. I'm like no, we're going to like this healthy fish place. You're like oh, actually, yeah, I'll come. Yeah. And then I accidentally ordered you an extra fish. And I'm like fuck, George. I think I might have lost him his fight. He's gonna put on some He's weight. He put on some I weight. I actually said that to him. This like, fight bro, fish. he doesn't lose that fight because I got him an extra grilled fish. There. No, no, no. <laughs> the grilled fish was good. Yeah. I'm pretty because I'm because
1: I'm real. Like I said to you boys, oh no, nah, I can't really come. Like because I'm so strict with it, I don't really struggle. Like I woke up a kilo and 1.2 kilos overweight on the morning of the fight. So I only had to cut a kilo on the day on the day of the weigh-in, which is might sound like a lot to someone Yeah, to me that sounds like holy that's shit. That's fuck all. Like what I know fuck? people who cut six, seven kilos on the day of the weigh Oh, weigh-in. that's guy, that's not healthy. It's gross. It's <laughs> disgusting. But yeah, um, so Yeah. Dealing with fight camp. I'm, I feel like I'm pretty good. You just get better at it with time. And the thing I've learned is that, um, you're going to feel shit at times and you're going to feel really good at times. And don't let either one like trick you. like just, just know that when you feel real shit, you're not really shit. You just feel really shit. And when you feel really, really good, don't, Don't let it change anything you're doing. Just stay like stay the course. Make your plan at the start of the week. Hit every session that you've planned for. Hit the diet that you've planned for and go from there. Because when you feel really good, sometimes you can get ahead of yourself and go, fuck, I'm going to hit an extra session. I'm going to do an extra session of sparring. And that's when stuff starts to derail one way. And the other one where you can go, fuck, I feel really shit. I'm not feeling good. And then you start to question yourself and that sort of stuff. I just... Now I'm pretty good at just going, you're going to feel shit at points, you're going to feel really good at points, just, just fucking it. chop the next day and you'll be all right.
0: I think I asked this last time, I hope you don't mind me asking on, on here, but do you abstain from sex in fight camp? Nah, not at all. Um, I'm not. Some do though, don't they? Yeah,
1: yeah. Pretty, pretty common. I would. That would. That's for me. I'd be like, fuck. I hate fight camp, bro. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. He'd be like, fuck. I'm done. I'm out. That, bro. Nah, nah, nah. (laughs) I'm not um, abstinent at all. Okay. It depends. um, Is that more a mental thing though? Like for people, as opposed to like, um, I think like it's just personal choice. Like people like to be like the edge. of- I don't know. I think it's like like antsy like you like to be like ready whereas right. like if you feel like you don't want to be like relaxed and chilling out God, yeah. one thing i do struggle with like in terms of intimacy is like i really struggle being um like lovey i would use the word or like cuddly or like really friendly oh, yeah. how, with, does, your, how does your missus
0: cope with fight camp yeah is, she, is that she, like a fucking fight camp so hard
1: so hard for her yeah like, I can it, imagine, and, and she's so so good at dealing with it yeah but like i i'm trying to like turn into like because you know like I'm pretty pretty gentle, generally speaking. Like yeah, I was a bit shocked by pretty, the bloody canvas yeah, in, yeah. <laughs> in Vegas, pretty, bro. So I'm like, I'm trying over that eight-week fight camp to just like get my head in like dark places, like get ready to like really hurt someone and ultimately get myself ready to be really hurt and go through that if I yeah. need to. So it sounds like, it sounds weird, but like I'm like, I'm not looking to like have like really nice times. Like I don't like having really nice things around. Mm. Like I don't like doing... I don't like doing things that make you feel really comfortable or fancy or like anything. I like to be super basic, like Dry, almost just, grungy where it's like, yeah. no, I'm grinding, which is because that's where I came from. Like I came from sleeping at the gym during fight camps because it was too far to get back to Bacchus Marsh and I can't afford an apartment. So I just sleep on the floor at the gym.
0: Bro, that's insane.
1: Yeah. And then now like I've got a little bit, I'm, I'm by no means making bank yet, but I, I, ha- I can afford an apartment near the gym. Um, and it's like you're sleeping in like fucking egyptian cotton sheets and it's like no I fucking hate this like I don't want to be comfortable like I need to be kind of uh I need to be kind of uncomfortable and sort of struggling I don't need that but I yeah, like yeah. I like to feel that kind like of grind like it's a bit of
0: a yeah it's it's a tough place you, Yeah, you don't want it to be a nice place yeah
1: I don't want to be I don't want everything to go smoothly I don't want everything to be comfortable I don't want any, everything to be nice and friendly around me I need a little bit of um you know, a little bit of War.
0: In yeah. That's you know what's funny, right? Do you know Chris Terzieski He's over this uh, boxer, a heavyweight boxer. No. Anyway, so he 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 beat Paul Gallon, not the last Paul oh, Gallon, okay. not the he fought two in one night, but the one before that, he beat him. He's like yep. a, a pro fighter out here. Yeah, but a local he's a Victorian or Australian champion. Anyway, he's such a nice guy. And mm. I'm sitting there and I'm like, bro, how do you like knock people out? Like, yeah. like what because I was like, you, you the nice ones scare me, you know, when you can't see the the switch. And he was saying when he goes into fight camp, he needs to go and like this really dark place like yeah. t- similar to what you said and it was so fucking funny he said the day of one of his fights his missus came home with a puppy and like he's like what the fuck is that no don't bring that near me because like i'm in a dark place and i want that fucking little thing bringing me into this soft spot yeah. and it's like just exactly what you said i was like fucking hell it's for him too the yeah. same thing no nah,
1: it's and i don't that doesn't shock me at all <laughs> that people need to take themselves there in the different ways Fuck yeah! That's that's just me. I prefer to uh, I prefer to go a little bit dark, and I I run at night, like always run at night, like the late, the, the darker, the better. Like yeah.
0: <laughs> this guy's yeah. nuts nice. yeah. now. Now I'm starting to see why. Yeah, yeah. That bloody canvas. And I always,
1: like, I do weird shit. That's like, <laughs> like again, like weird shit that sounds like cliche, but like, I live in. Can you um, tell
0: me all the weird shit that? you Yeah, do? yeah. yeah so I live
1: in I live in Collingwood, um, and I'll run up past and through like the G. Rod Laver, that sort of shit, and I run, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be here one day, but I'm gonna be fighting, and it's like that's like three, four, five years ago, that might be far fetched, whereas now that's Fucking like, possible, it's all, it's like, bro. it's almost a guarantee that I'm gonna fight there. It's, yeah. So I'm yeah. like, I'm like running past there at night, and I'm like, like fuck, this is m- like my city. Like I do the work here. Like I run the streets here and I've been doing it since I was young. And like, you're telling yourself, like, I'm going to fight at Rod Laver. And like, these guys are going to come here and they're going to come into like my town. And like, you just get yourself like all worked up as you're running. You and listen so, to
0: like Rocky music or some shit at this point, like just crazy. whatever,
1: like it depends. Sometimes if I need to just sort of clear my head out, I'll run with no headphones. Yeah, I love but that. if I just feel real good and it's like one of those nights, like it's a, it's raining. and I'll just chuck the jacket on. The beats on the inside and just fucking go, Man. like watch out for that black hoodie around the G at night. Yeah, <laughs>
0: these guys, fucking yeah. like UFC well, fighter, Jack Jenkins. Yeah, like a couple just of just marking his territory.
1: Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I was running up, um, I was running up beside the the Yarra River, right in that precinct, like near um Rod Laver and that. <laughs> and I'm running up, fucking in the zone, and then this fucking guy stands out in front of me. Like I can see him like 20 meters away, and he just stands in front of me like he's going to stop. And I immediately, in like the th- six seconds before I got to him, I'm like. If he fucking tries to stop me, he's going to get laid out. (laughs) I'm like, if this guy tries to stop my run, it's going to be trouble. And then as I get closer, I realize it's one of my homies from Bacchus Marsh. Oh and he's, like, God, and mean- he's and he's on his way to a concert in the city. And he's like, it's a Saturday night at like fucking nine o'clock at night. What the fuck is Jack doing running near the Yarra River? And I'm like, this cunt better not get in my way. And like, I didn't even stop to say hi to him. Like I wave and just like, fuck, you're in the zone.
0: Bro, it's like that. What's that uh, wedding crashes scene? He's like, yeah, he almost nunchucked you. You didn't even realize. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Put yeah, that I was in like the I, was of like, that I point didn't recognise that was you. I was just running straight <laughs> through. No it. idea. Like, you almost just, had a near death experience. Yeah, I would have just fucking. There <laughs> he like, was, just waving at you. Yeah, fuck, this bro. Fucking Buddy Franklin. Him just trucked him. Oh, anyway. I love it. I love it. Now you mentioned it before, and we're, we're going to round up in a sec. But you mentioned it before the the Perth card in yep. Feb. So that's that's coming up for you, man. Do you have? Any insight of what's going on there, the dates, times, uh, all that sort of stuff? Nah, who you I've may fought, be fighting or? No, nah, it's been indicated that I'm going to fight on the card
1: um, because I asked to fight in December and they sort of said, hey, look, probably better if you wait. And then as it turns out, I've had a couple of like infections and stuff like that that I needed to sort out. So December probably would have been a stretch anyway. Yeah. Uh, so February is really good timing for me. And um, I'm sure I'll hear on opponents sometime in December. They'll sort of. Run the opponent by me. I'll I'll okay. I don't really care. You're gonna fight. run it by Benny P as well. Or? Benny, well, <laughs> Benny P. <laughs> Benny P. will be on my like. There'll be like my two coaches, my brother, my missus. Benny P probably comes like fifth or sixth on the list right, of I'm who gets ca-
0: I'm gonna call it <laughs> now who Call gets- this outlandish but this is on the he's gonna be in your fucking backroom team at yeah, some yeah. point sometime 10 fights in or something he'll Benny be there P. like strapping hands or something. Yeah
1: we'll have to um if you come out to Perth we'll have to do like a little three like me, you, Benny P like a little snippet oh, or man, something that It just good.
0: fucking amazes me that story. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh that's gonna be exciting though. So potentially February in Perth, a home card. Home who Fred. else will be on that? Jimmy Cruz? Jimmy Crut, Jack Dallamadalina, Volka. Whitaker, oh, maybe shit. Bam Bam. Like it could be genuinely still time. Dude, the Australian like, fucking be, UFC market is booming. Oh, Australian yeah. New Zealand, obviously, as well. But yeah. fuck, we so, are good. So per capita,
1: we purchase more pay per views than anywhere in the world. Wow. Yeah. Dude. So that's why they they, they love our they market so much. Um, like obviously we don't have the most people here, but for the amount of people we have here, we buy more pay per views than anyone. Well, didn't
0: we have the the biggest attendance for a UFC fight, the one at Marvel, yep. with Rousey and Holly Holm? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Fuck. So we've got some credibility, bro, for sure. And they love coming here. And you know, the less I travel, the better. So yeah. I want them to just keep coming back. You know, I'd like to. You know, my plan for this year is to go on that. Um, February card, and you know I'll probably start maybe fight one or two or three somewhere down the card. Um, then I want to go overseas and have a couple of fights in America, and oh, yeah. then I hope the UFC comes back here in November, and I want to fight. And I think by that time I'll get three wins, be the end of the year, and I'll be pushing for like if it's a fight night to be like up there on you know in the top three, four fights on the card. So you know, big year twenty twenty three, and I'm just gonna fucking go handlebars
0: down and you send know you it. just said you hate manifestation you've literally just described <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I literally, it I, I don't hate I don't hate it I hate the I word I hate too the word sometimes I had, but a, but fuck I, you. I had
1: someone tell me once that they manifested like they just manifested they wanted this pair of shoes oh, that's and and that on. they manifested that these shoes would be at a certain store and since, <laughs> and, and, since sense. and since then I'm like <laughs> don't tell me you oh, manifest right, so shit. They it for you yeah so like you know people, <laughs> people
0: can <laughs> say like i respect i just respect people who call their shots that more I love, than anything. i love how you just described out all of 2023 that's mad bro yeah i think that's pretty cool just on that because we've we've been running this segment and it's kind of the the final question of how we end the podcast but kind of uh, associate three kind of key traits to success for people in sports or business and probably all are important to you but just one that really hits home to you and resonates to you if you could so out of drive resilience and ambition ambition mm. one that kind of you've you've associated with your success and getting you to oh, where you are yeah resilience for sure sleep drive jeans, man. what I is it didn't, I didn't know it? You were drive resilience
1: and ambition ambition yeah it, like it's awfully all three of those but resilience is the main one because you can have the other two and you get knocked down and then it's all over like mm. the resilience is you, you're just the one you know guarantee is that you're going to struggle like you're going to struggle at some point so just be resilient enough and believe in yourself and um, the position you're in enough
0: to keep going when you do. Well oh, dude, Jack Jenkins, mate. It's been a hell of a show. Ah, thank you. On the UFC mate. I'll see you again for fucking Jake and Swanny. Oh yeah, we're going <laughs> there, yeah. Yeah, I'll do yeah, done. We'll get you on Swanny and Jake. It's yeah. coming. Beautiful. But pleasure, bro. Nah, thanks very much. It was good to be here.